morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Would you stand as we begin to worship the Lord today? Knowing that the battle is not ours, but the battle is His. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. Yeah. 
morning to you online too. I say it's lovely to see you, but I can't see online. I'm going to read from First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20. Then David continued, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He will see to it that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. Amen. 
Let's bow our heads and come humbly before the throne of grace. Heavenly Father, you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. Lord, you will be here when when the world is over, Lord. You'll still be here because we will be with you. And for that, we thank you. Heavenly Father, we just ask that your presence fill this room. We ask that each of us is filled with the Holy Spirit so we may better hear what it is that you want us to hear, Lord. Heavenly Father, I ask you to bless our services, to bless our pastor, and just to bless each one of us. And Heavenly Father, I humbly ask this in the most magnificent, powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And you may be seated. everyone, my name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending a part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. Our scout troop will be participating in a camping event from July 24th to 30th at Camp Goshen in West Virginia. Pastor Roger will be going on the trip as well. During this time, the scouts will work on merit badges, growing as individuals, and growing spiritually as well. Please take time to pray for our scouting ministry, the scouts, and all the leadership as they lead these children to grow in their faith. Reaching out to help meet needs is both a responsibility and a privilege that we take very seriously at CTC. Our food bank is an important part of that ministry. We are so blessed week by week as so many of you bring items to be included in the food bank. In recent weeks, attendance at our Wednesday Hope Lunch has been increasing, and we want to be ready to meet the needs that exist. If you are able to drop off non-perishable food items, you can leave them in the wagons located in the mall. Thank you so much for your ongoing support of this vital ministry. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. everyone. <laughs> glad to see all of you today and of course for everyone online even though I can't see you. But good morning and thank you for joining us today. If you are new here and you are in person, again, welcome. So before you leave, once you leave the sanctuary and go to the left, you will see the Welcome Center where you will receive a free gift and be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff and also again just browse around the Welcome Center because there's a lot of things you will learn about the church. And if you are new and you're online, you can click the New Here button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. And now for Connect Cards. So whether you're at a table or at your seat, you will see the Connect Cards, which we would love for you to fill out. So one, we know that you're here today. And also you can write down your prayer request because we're always praying for you here. And of course, before you leave, make sure you drop it off in the basket once you leave 
the sanctuary. And again, for those of you online, you can click the connect card button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. Do all that stuff. Thank you, Rebecca. And good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you here uh, this morning. At Christ the Cornerstone, we do three things. We want to do three things as we grow in our faith, and that's love, serve, and engage. And I want to talk just a little bit this morning about the serving part and some of the people who serve. Christ the Cornerstone is governed by a, 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 a church council. Uh, we call it our Church Council of Lay Elders. And there are seven lay elders, and uh, Fran who is over here. Sometimes she's here in the position of, of being our, our service host uh, during services. She's one of our uh, church lay elders. And there are four from this campus and three from the other campus. They do a tremendous job in guiding me, guiding us, making decisions for us. And, and, and that we, we meet twice a month and uh, every meeting we gather together uh, at 6.30 in the morning and, uh, and we study scripture together first. And then we, uh, we talk about the things of the, the church, the business of the church, and then we spend probably half an hour or 45 minutes praying together. just wanted you to know, uh, those who are serving you by giving leadership and how they do it, and I ask you to pray for them, um, because as we, as we all know, we're in difficult times these days uh, in our world and, and a lot of decisions to make uh, as a United Methodist Church. And we need your prayers. And, and uh, I'm going to be sending a letter out this week uh, talking about some vision that we have together and how ways that you can participate in that. But I wanted you to know that how, how things are uh, governed and work at Christ the Cornerstone. Rebecca mentioned the uh, Welcome Center. In the Welcome Center, if you want to see who are the rest of the, the, the elders, go into the Welcome Center, turn left, and then turn left. Just spin around. And there's a picture that has all the elders uh, on it right there. So take some time, get to know who the elders are, and, uh, uh, and pray for us as we make decisions. And we do thank you. This is a beautiful church, wonderful church, and I thank you for, uh, for your, your ministry with us. Uh, let's talk about giving for a little bit. We practice this part of our serving and being generous, and so we have our principles that we follow. Here's principle number eight. It's a great big long one. I love this one. It's easy to read out loud and say out loud. We should have this one memorized, but let's say this together. We give generously. Jesus teaches us that. Let's read this scripture together. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness. And the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. That's a great scripture uh, fitting for the passage from Ephesians that we're going to be looking at later today. Let's continue to worship our Lord. I invite you to stand again as you are able and uh, join us online as I offer this prayer and the team comes back to lead us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your ministry with us. Thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to show us the way back to you to forgive us all, all of our sins, and to empower us with new life. Life that begins now here on this place, and life that will last forever with you. We thank you for the peace and the confidence that you give to us of the life that you have given to us. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God, we thank you for your love. God, we thank you that you didn't take any care about how much it cost to come and get us. But you came to ransom us, our souls. We thank you for that. 
that today, Lord. For I took the word you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. For I took the breath you breathed your
thank you, God. Thank you, God, for a love that is so strong and took no thought of yourself, but only for us. Only for our soul. God, when you devised that plan, you thought about only us. So, God, we receive that love today. The psalmist says in Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a pretty good deal, I think. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. About the closest place that I can think of, this is just me. This, this, I'm, I'm just telling you a story about me. The closest place that I can think of being to heaven is being at the beach, and that's where we were last week. And I was just sitting there. There's a song that, that we haven't done here yet. You may have heard it. It's, uh, it's called You Make Me Brave, uh, and it's by Bethel Worship. You can look it up. But the chorus says, I don't know if I can make it through this. I should have printed the words so you could look at it. Because your love in wave after wave crashes over me, crashes over me. Wave after wave. After we, when we got there on Saturday, um, the typical Jenkins vacation style, there was a tropical storm that passed over us on Sunday night. Just a little bit of rain and some thunder, so it was it was not bad. But so it made the waves a little bit cooler, a little bit better the next day. And so I just sat at the beach and I just, that song just kept going over and over in my mind because the waves, they just kept coming. They didn't stop. And I thought about how that relates to our lives in terms of how God, how good God is to us all the time because your love Lord in wave after wave crashes over me crashes over me as we contemplate that today maybe you don't like the beach that's okay whatever you like whatever 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 makes you uh, wherever place you can be to kind of calm yourself and and just think about and contemplate the goodness of God. The beach is an easy place for me because I love the waves and they just keep coming. And that's how the goodness of God is. Even in the difficult times in our lives, and we all have them, don't we? Even in the difficult, the most difficult times in our lives. In that same Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. In the good times and in the bad times, he's always with us. Taking us through, walking with us. We can trace his goodness all the way through our lives. So God, we just want to sing our praises to you. and Thank you for all that you've done. Carolyn's going to lead us.
sing your goodness, Lord. Hallelujah. Psalmist said, sing a new song to the Lord. I'm going to help you clear up some confusion about what that might be. That has nothing to do with the copyright date of a song. When the psalmist says for us to sing a new song to the Lord, it's a song you make up right here, right now, or wherever you are. When the Spirit of God overtakes you and you feel so blessed by Him and you feel so overtaken, your goodness is running after me. It's appropriate for us to just put our praise and the words that we have in our heart into a song. And that can happen when we're here together. That can happen on Tuesday afternoon when you're on your way home from work. It can happen anytime in your prayer closet, your personal worship time. But the goodness of God in wave after wave crashing over us. It's a good thing for us to find time where, whenever it, it is. Honestly, especially when it, it's easy to do it in here, right? When we're all together and we're all singing and the band is playing and it's, it's nice and loud in here and, and we're all doing this together. But in the middle of the week when we've kind of had enough, it's more difficult to do that. But His goodness is still there. I don't know who this is for, but maybe it's for somebody who's watching us online. God's goodness is still there, even when you feel like it's not. So God, help us to remember that today, that your goodness is running after us. Your goodness is pursuing us. Your mercy and your grace, they are pursuing us. And that's why, as I said, as I've said a number of times, and I said again a few weeks ago, it doesn't matter how many steps we take away from God, the return journey is only one step. Why? Because you are pursuing us. Lord, help us to put ourselves in a position today to allow ourselves to be overtaken by your goodness and your mercy and your grace and your love. And to turn that back into praise to you. A unique song made up by us. It doesn't have to have catchy phrases or a catchy tune. It just has to be something that comes from our hearts. That the Holy Spirit of God births in us. So as April joins me on the platform this morning, as we prepare to, uh, you can send your children as soon as this prayer is over and the bumper plays, you can send your children to kids church and pastor roger is going to come can we join me in prayer again father we thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace that they overtake us that you pursue us and we don't ever have to worry if you're coming after us because you are and so lord today remind us of that lord even if we feel alone lord we might be in a room full of people and feel very alone but today, God, remind us. Bless April and her team as they minister to our children today. Bless Pastor Roger as he brings the message in, in this service today. Bless those who are watching online. God, we just pray your Holy Spirit would move among us today. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated.
life, it can be hard. But we were never meant to run this race alone. We were made for community. Each one fulfilling their calling so that others can learn and become mature. Then, as Ephesians 4.14 tells us, we will no longer be blown about by every wind of teaching. Unity comes when we find, when you find, the place where you belong. And still you belong. I noticed our, uh, our, our sister church up the road. Did you see that too, Jonathan, last night? They're outside. Their outside says, sign says, you belong here. <laughs> we encourage each other. <laughs> so I say, you belong here, too. Uh, anyway. Um, as we look into this uh, again, our series uh, titled, You Belong, what it is to be part of the family of God. And we're in this section of the book of Ephesians where he's really getting very specific on the behaviors of what it, what it means. If you belong here, here are some things that we do together. And, and, and these are, we, we read these things today and they're kind of like signs for us. You know, you're driving down the road. I remember when I was uh, teaching my son how to drive, um, he had a hard time grasping all of the information that was coming at him all at once. First couple times you're out on the road, and he'd constantly ask me, what's the speed limit here? What's the speed limit here? What's the speed limit here? And, and, I, and, and I thought, hey, you can't depend on me to figure these things out. You've got to read the signs. And I said, I'd said, well, didn't you see that sign that you just passed? He'd say, no. <laughs> he, just did, he just took him a while to figure out how to gather all this information coming in. Uh, Carolyn and I received, uh, purchased our first big piece of furniture from uh, Ikea. I don't know if you've ever purchased a piece of furniture from Ikea before. I mean, I've purchased things that were already assembled, but I want to show you some pictures of, of, the, of the, uh, the, the, these instructions. Here's the, first, here's, here's the first picture from the instructions. You can see it on the, there. Um, this is the sign. And, and, you know, we live in a world today, if you're younger than, I don't know what age to put on this, but maybe 40, 45, I don't know, maybe 35, I don't know. If you're younger than a certain age, you are accustomed to reading signs much better than those of us who are older. We were trained to get information through words, through the symbols of letters and and words and sentences. But kids today, we're living in a world where we just look at a sign and you intuitively know what that means. Now, they tell us that cell phones and computers are intuitive to use. Uh, uh, not for guys my age. Anyway, so here's, here's this sign. It tells me, all right, here's, this, here's me. I've got to put this thing together. Okay, I need some tools to do this. I need, I need a flathead screwdriver. I need a... Phillips head screwdriver, and in case either of those don't work, grab the hammer. That's how I interpret the sign. And the next, the next thing on the picture and the instructions, 
The next sign looks like this one. Next sign. Okay, so, okay, don't just stand there dumbfounded in front of a pile of wood. Get a friend and look at it smiling together. And make sure your friend does nothing and just stands there, but he's ready with a pencil in his ear. <laughs> Next sign. And this one took me a while. Carolyn figured out it first. But she had to watch a video of somebody else putting this piece of furniture together before she fully understood this one. And, and don't, don't commiserate when you break your piece of furniture. But lay it on top of a magic carpet and it will all of a sudden be fixed. But you've got to lay your hands on it before you can, before you can do that. No. Apparently this says, don't assemble your uh, piece on a hard floor because you might drop it and it might crack the millions of particle board. (laughs) But instead, lay it on a soft surface like a carpet, I guess. All right. And then in case all those instructions don't work, here's one final instruction on the first page that if you have any questions, call Ikea. But what's the phone number? I don't see a phone number. I need some numbers there, whatever. Anyway, so in in our book from Ephesians, Paul is going to be very clear with us. And Paul doesn't use, uh, you know, there is a Bible that has emojis, symbols in it. I looked at that. that, No, that's just a waste. (laughs) But Paul is very clear in giving us signs. What is it like? What does God want his family to be like? How does he want his family to be like? To behave together. So let's turn uh, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, uh-uh, chapter 5. If you want to follow along on the uh, Bibles that we have in the room, it's page 979. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 1, reading through verse 14. Oh no, I forgot one other sign. Before we get there, let's go, let's just have a little fun of this. This is for my friend Maurice Egnor. Glad you're here today, Maurice, because I remember you talking about the kind of music that you enjoy <laughs> as, a, as a younger man. So there's a song called Signs, right? It's a very religious song, written in, and performed in 1971 by a group called the Five Man Electric Band. And here, and it, it'll be familiar to you, because if I know it, I assume everybody else does too. And the, song, the lyrics go like this. I'll just read them because I'm not going to sing them. And the sign said, long-haired, freaky people need not apply. So I tucked my hair up under my hat and went in to ask him why. He said, you look like a fine, upstanding young man. I think you'll do. So I took off my hat and said, imagine that, huh, me, working for you. Whoa, sign, sign, everywhere, sign, blocking out the scenery, breaking my mind. Sing with me, Maurice. Do this, don't do that. Can't you read the signs? Right? You recognize that tune. Anybody caught trespassing will be shot on sight. So I jumped on the fence and yelled at the house, Hey, what gives you the right to put up a fence and keep me out, but to keep Mother Nature in? If God was here, he'd tell you to your face, Man, you're some kind of sinner. Sign, sign, everywhere, sign. And then the next verse goes, um, oh yeah, right there. Now, hey, you mister, can't you read? You've got to have a shirt and tie to get a seat. You can't even watch. No, you can't eat. You, can't, you ain't supposed to be here. The sign said, 
you've got to have a membership card to get inside. Sign, sign. Every place there's a sign. Final verse said, this is where it gets churchy. The sign said, everybody welcome. Come in, kneel down and pray. But when they passed around the plate at the end of it all, I didn't have a penny to pay. So I grabbed me a pen and a paper and I made up my own little sign. I said, thank you, Lord, for thinking about me. I'm living and doing fine. Woo, sign, sign, everywhere, sign. That's good. That's good. So Paul has given us some signs. Now let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us, and He offered Himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. And don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins because the anger of God will fall on all who disobey. And don't practice these things, the things these people do because once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That's why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Hmm. Let's go back and focus first on verse 2. And I ask this question, what is it that, this, that Paul is telling us that Jesus did for us? So we look at verse 2. It says, Live a life filled with love, Following the example of Christ. What is that example? There are three things about that example, I think, that he gives to us. This sacrifice that he has given for us. His sacrifice is for our benefit, not for his. And when Jesus asks us to live a life following his example... He asks us to sacrifice who we are, what we have, not for our own sakes, 
but for the other person. A sacrifice is for another person's benefit, not our own. And He calls us to sacrifice because He offered a sacrifice. It is for other people's benefit. When we do things for other people, let me ask you this question. Is it for their benefit that we do these things? Or is it for our own benefit? We call that quid pro quo in our world. You do something for me and I'll do something for you. But Jesus says, sacrifice for the benefit of others. That's the example that He gives to us when He died on the cross. The second thing is that His sacrifice is motivated by love. When you do things for others, is it motivated by love? Now this word for love is is an old Greek word called agape. And in the Greek language, there are different words that, that mean what we in our English language call love. And this type of love is the type of love, I think perhaps the best example, that's eh, a pretty good example, is the love that a, a parent has for a child. child is born, parents f- feel love for that child. Even before my children were born, I was loving my child. And it's unconditional. And parents love their children regardless of what their children do in life. Although it's difficult at times. And I know that we as humans and in our human families, we don't always see this unconditional love. But that is the, that is the godly love that God has for us. And Jesus died for all of our sins because of our love. Because all of us have sinned and turned our back on God. And that has created a separation between us and God. It means that as the Scripture says... We won't experience the truth or inherit the kingdom of Christ or of God. It won't become a reality in our life with the separation between me and God. And we've got to trust in that. We've got to believe in that. But God loves us. And so His sacrifice, giving Himself for us, paying the price for our sins, was motivated by love. And so our sacrifice for others needs also to be motivated by love. And the third thing I notice in this passage is that his sacrifice pleased God. And I know what I'm going to say next is extremely harsh. But it takes Jesus to offer this sacrifice for us. Because our lives in sin are a stench in the nostrils of God. That's harsh. I grew up on a farm. You all know that. If you've heard me talk, if you've heard one message from me, you've heard me talk about farm. One of the things my dad grew were potatoes. And every fall, when it was harvest time for the potatoes, we had a machine that would dig into the ground. It would lift the potatoes up out of the soil. It would shake off the dirt, and it would plop the it would plop the the plants back onto the ground, and the, they'd be upside down, and the potatoes would be sitting there right on top. And all we had to do next is bring a crate and pick up the potatoes, put them in the crate, carry them to the wash them, sort them, and sell them. But there was always a group of potatoes that we kept. We called those seed potatoes. They were potatoes that 
weren't big enough or they weren't the right shape for people to buy. They didn't want them. You know, you don't want a potato that, I'm not going to say what it looks like, but it doesn't look right. You don't want potatoes that look funny. You can't peel them, whatever. And so these potatoes would get put back in a box. They'd be stored in a dry, cool place all winter long. And when spring came, we'd pull those potatoes out, ready to plant them, plant them again. We'd throw them on a table. We'd cut them up in smaller pieces, and we'd put them in the ground. But there was always one crate that when we, when we poured it out, this horrible stench came out of it. Because there was one potato in there that didn't make it through the winter and it rotted. And it was always me, usually, that I would reach my hand in there without knowing it. I'd tip the, bug, tip, tip the crate over and I'd put my hand in to pull the things out and my finger would undoubtedly go right into that rotten potato. And if you've never smelled a rotten potato, just let one sit in your, in your pantry for a couple of months and, and then poke it. It is one of the worst smells. We've all driven down a road and smelt the roadkill alongside the roads. I put, a, I put the smell of a rotten potato right next to the smell of that nasty little squirrel that has been sitting there for a while. It's a horrible smell. But this, this offering that God desires from us and the offering that we can give to God is a pleasing aroma in the sight and in the nostrils to the God who created you. And you have the opportunity to give your Creator a pleasing sacrifice by giving your life. We sang the song a few minutes ago, I I lay everything down. I give it all to you. That's what Jesus wants from us. And that's when we will experience the fullness of the kingdom of God in our lives. And then we will be able to do that for others. In this passage, you notice that, I, that I've, there's a lot of do's and there's a lot of don'ts. And even in our world today... This scripture is a controversial passage to reach, to, to read. And in it, you know, we're, we're still struggling in our own society and even in our churches about what this passage means and how we are to live it out. And we're all aware that people read this passage of scripture and say, no, I can't do that. Or they say, we don't have to do that anymore. And I'm not sure, I think the plain and simple reading of this Scripture is the best. And I'm really good at making excuses. And I'm really good at rationalizing my behavior. And when I get caught doing something I shouldn't be doing, it's real easy for me to make an excuse and say, well, so-and-so did such-and-such, and that's why I did so-and-so, so therefore I'm justified. Or it is so hard for me to hold my tongue sometimes. And I know that coarse language might come out at some times. And I got, just got angry. Well, we talked about anger last week. And, and, and that comes out of my mouth. And I can't stop it. I can't control it. But here it is very clear in the Bible. 
trying to find the spot. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. And just like last week when we, we had the, I don't wish I had a monkey illustration this week because everybody liked the monkey illustration last week. <laughs> that anger gives a foothold to the devil. That was the, those were the paragraphs just before this one. And what we're reading now is the result of anger getting a foothold in our lives. And he says, don't let it because what's going to happen is sexual immorality, impurity, Obscene stories, greed, these things have no place among the people of God. And I think that's pretty clear. And I also know how difficult it is for us to live according to this. But here's the good news, and this is why I'm focusing on the do's rather than the don'ts. We are, to, if you're wondering, well, how do I get that out of my life? I don't want to stop it. I like a coarse joke. Coarse jokes are funny. But you see where coarse jokes lead us, even in, even in the civil world in which we live. Coarse jokes, sexual immorality, have ruined the lives of powerful people. Politicians, executives, pastors, destroyed families. There is no place for these things in the family of God. The do's, what we are to do, is to follow Jesus' example. We are to sacrifice ourselves for our brothers, for our sisters, for our neighbors, for our co-workers. There is no better employee for any business than the employee who comes to work and says, here I am, employer, I am here for your benefit. Do you go to work with that attitude? I believe that if you did, you would probably rise through that organization. And even if you don't rise through that organization, you're going to make a positive difference in the department in which you work, or on the assembly line with your co-workers, whatever you do. If you go in with an attitude that my job is to make another person's life better, it will change everything. And sacrifice, what's the motivation for this? It is love. It's not because, because they're going to pay you X amount of money that you love them. It's because Jesus' example was to serve others out of love, agape, unconditional love. So I'm going to serve others just because you're there. That's tough. That's a hard teaching, I know. And when we do those things, our serving others will be a pleasing sacrifice to God. How does your love for others cause you to sacrifice for them? Or do you only sacrifice when you get something in return? Financially? I'll do something for you only if you pay me? In your relationships? In your family? I'll do this only if you 
relate kindly to me. If you show love to me, then I'll show love to you. If you show respect to me, then I will show respect to you. I know respect has to be earned, but if we're sacrificing ourselves to others, we're going to give respect to people just because God created that person. And we may disagree with them. We may dislike them. But we are to respect them as human beings. All of us have difficulty doing this at times. Whether it's to our family members, our co-workers, our subordinates, people who, over whom we have authority, or people who have authority over us. Are you sacrificing sexually in your relationships? The act of sex in, in families is for the benefit and the pleasure of the other person. That's God's plan for our sexuality. And out of it, it creates life. That's God's plan for our human sexuality. And I'm glad God gave it to us. But used selfishly, it is only demanding and says, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. And that has no place in the family of God. How about your words, your tongue, the language that comes out of your mouth? Is that a sacrifice pleasing to God and for the benefit of others? You know that your words, just like God created us as human beings, to God created us out of His love for us, and in, we're created in the image of God. The capacity that we have to create things is the very image of God. And work is not the only thing that we can create. We create realities with just our words. And I can say, good morning, Carolyn. You're beautiful. And what did I create for my wife in that little sentence? Where I can wake up in the morning and I said, you snored last night and you kept me awake. And she says, I don't know what she says. Actually, actually, she says, Roger, you snored last night and you kept me awake. We create with our words. What are you creating in a person's life with your words? Follow the example of Christ. Let your words be, be uplifting and encouraging and positive and helpful. Even if it's a negative word that's a word of correction, do it in great love. Your vocation, your career, the work that you do, is that a pleasing offering to God and to others? I've already touched on that. Don't be fooled, it says, by others making excuses. To whom are you availing yourself to receive advice? Are you with people who give you advice that is uplifting and guides you in a way that is godly? If not, you may need to change your friends and your influences. Do it quickly. <laughs> Let's take some time today to think and to reflect on your life. Where does this light of Christ need to shine in your life? Is your life a fragrant offering? You know, Paul always mixes his metaphor. We've got, we've got the metaphor of scent and a pleasing offering. We've got the metaphor of light 
And as I, I, I sent out an email uh, yesterday, or Friday, and I hope you get those. If you don't get those, allow them to come in. through. Check your spam folder and, and allow them to come in because we send out an encouraging email that's got some announcements on it and whatever. Um, but this last, I told a story about me being a child. And when I was little, on the 4th of July, my family in upstate New York, um, regular citizens were barred from setting off fireworks like you can do in Pennsylvania and, and Delaware. I don't know about Maryland. But all we could get were these little sparklers about this long. It was a stick of metal that had some chemicals on it that when it was lit by a fire, it would, it would shoot out all kinds of things. And they were a lot of fun. And I remember being, I don't know, four or five years old, and I'd, I'd stand like this as far as I could at the very tip of that thing, and Dad would light it, light my sparkler, and, and it, was, it was okay, and it was fun, and I'd wave it around like this, and I would write my name in the light so I could see it, and it was cool to see my name in lights. And then I'd try to write my name backwards to my mom so that she could see Look how impressive I am to write my name backwards. And, the, and then the flame and the, the sparks would, would get closer and closer to my fingers as that burned down. And eventually the, the, the metal stick that I was holding got hot and I'd have to drop it. But what fun it was to watch all of those sparks make a difference in that nighttime summer sky. And you are that spark that God has placed in your family to ignite the spark of the people who are next to you. And you can't spark another person if you're going to be negative. If you're going to do these things that are, that are full of sin and have no place in the family of God. Instead, follow the example of Christ and you will transform the world, Jesus said to us. For you are the light of the world. Where are you in that process? Are you stuck in a, in a, in a trap of sin? Turn it over to God. Surrender it to Jesus. Give it all to Him. And let Him fill you with His power, His spark, His light that will transform your life. And don't stop gathering together with us because when we gather together on Sundays, we're sparking each other's fire. We're stoking it. That's why we have to gather together often. Because Jesus sends us out into this dark world where we get lonely, where we get scared, where, it's, where, where they come at us and try to put out our, our flame. Don't let it happen. So as we pray this morning, Let's pray about these things and ask God to come and be part of your life in this way. Trust what Jesus has done on the cross to forgive you and to give you His Holy Spirit to transform your life. I invite you to stand together as we, as we pray and as we sing, and I invite you to come to the platform area here to kneel and pray by yourself for a moment, and then somebody may come and just gently ask if, you would like them to pray for you. If not, you just tell them, no, I'm fine, and they'll back off. Or if you want to meet with somebody at one of our prayer stations in the back of the room, there'll be somebody will be glad to just pray with you. You don't have to be specific about your prayer. But if you're online, you can ask for prayer uh, online, and somebody will gladly pray with you. Let's sing together as we pray and think about 
the light of Christ, the fragrance of God in our own lives. And commit yourself to follow the example of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come and move among us. We yield ourselves to you, O God. As we come to pray, as we come to worship, move among us, we pray. Oh. 
welcome you today. We thank you for moving among us. And God, as we go from this place today, we pray that our hearts would be challenged. Lord, we would be encouraged and we would be strengthened by being in your presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to continue to worship for a few minutes. There are folks still at the prayer stations. You can come and kneel at the altar at the front if you want to come and and pray by yourself. Uh, If you're online with us, uh, there'll be some folks available to pray with you for the next 10 or 15 minutes or so. Don't leave this room or don't sign off uh, online this morning if you have a need and you need someone to pray with you. God bless you when you need to go. You can go. We're going to continue to worship. Have a great week.